Burkina for Your Thoughts was filmed, recorded, and produced on the lands of the Bidjigal people of the Uyghur Nation. I acknowledge that this podcast was made on what always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello and welcome to another episode of Wakina for Your Thoughts. I am your host, Lomo Wakina. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, just to begin, uh, apologies that there wasn't an episode last week. Your boy is <laughs> depressed. So, um, yeah, it's... Not a great time, but you know what? I decided not to post any of the four shitty episodes I'd already recorded. Because you deserve better. I deserve better. We deserve better. Anyway, um... Thank you for being here with me today. Um... I think... I might need a trigger warning for this episode. So, um, alright, so, trigger warning for just mental illness, brief discussions of suicide and suicidality, not going to be that heavy, and I guess toxic relationships, I don't know, um, yeah, so let's get into it. Welcome to episode three why I stopped dating in 2021. So, um, yeah, pretty heavy topic, but, um, I thought this would be a good conversation to have, even though it is a little bit more personal than other stuff I've made. Yes, I have talked very intimately and in great detail about my mental health before, but I feel like that's different. You know, that's, I don't know. I think for me personally, that's something I'm more comfortable talking about. Whereas dating is a little bit, ooh, it's a bit of a yikes, my guy. And that's on Aquavenus's. Period. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, let's get started. I have split this episode up into three parts. Yes, I did make notes. Because this is a very extensive, very extensive topic. that kind of goes all over the place where so I needed a little bit of structure. So, <clears throat> part one. How we got here now. It's... Let's just, like, do a brief outline of my dating history. Like, I'm not sure if anyone really knows, but, like, I only just recently figured out that I was bisexual. Like, I've only been calling myself bisexual for about a year now. You know, before that, I just, like, I just thought I was gay. Like, I thought I was just into guys. So that is kind of what 
I was experiencing growing up. So, you know, growing up gay in the islands, like anywhere really, is kind of rough. But like, in the islands, in like, the, you know, cultural and religious communities I was a part of, just very, like, not it, chief. Very much not it. So because of that, I didn't really start dating until I moved to Sydney for uni, you know? And I feel like this is a very common theme with a lot of queer people. I feel like more so queer people my age and older. So I guess like the very beginning of Zoom is and like stretching back because, you know, I feel like kids nowadays are coming out when they're younger and younger, which is so great, you know, like I'm so happy for them. I'm so glad that that's a reality for a lot of, you know, queer and trans kids. But for me personally growing up, mm, like that wasn't a thing, you know, like I came out in my last year of high school and I was the only out person in my entire school, at least that I knew of. Fucking everyone knew I was gay when I came out, but like, <laughs> like my dating pool was non-existent, right? So like I was saying, it's the case for a lot of queer people where we're not really given an opportunity to take baby steps when it comes to relationships and engaging with other people sexually and romantically, right? Like, you know, when you're kids, you know, you have crushes on people and then like, you tell your friends that they whisper about it and then they tell the friends of your crush and it's just like this whole thing and it's like, you know, cute and innocent and, you know, it builds up, you know, you start talking to people you have crushes on and it's like perfectly valid to be a guy crushing on a girl and vice versa. Like, it's accepted, it's expected. So because of that, like your development sexually and romantically is very much fostered in your childhood in a way that for queer people it isn't, you know? Like, a lot of queer people, like, that sort of exploration was done in secret. And, you know, especially for a lot of people my age, it was done online which is very scary as a child to do that. Um, and, you know, because of that, by the time we come out, we don't really know anything, you know? Like, we don't get the opportunity for a gradual progression from, like, kids just dealing with their feelings to you know, teenagers, like, making out and, like, experimenting with sex, like, it was all of that at once, 
you know. And, you know, that's not something that, you know, I experienced alone. Like, so many other queer people my age have been through that, you know. Like, we didn't get a chance to be like, oh, I have a crush on you. And for someone to be like, oh, that's great. Like, I have a crush on you as well. Like... It was, or like, I think you're cute. It's like, oh, I think you're cute too, you know, and that'll be it, you know. When, by the time we were able to do that, it's like, oh, I think you're cute. Oh, I think you're cute too. Okay, like, we should fuck now, <laughs> you know, like, like, that's just what it's like being queer for a lot of people. And, you know, because of that, it is zero to a hundred. And, like, I really hope my parents aren't listening. And if any of my brothers are listening and anyone in my family is listening, turn off this episode right now. But, like, I was, like, fucking people as far as dating, you know? Like, God, like, what was... I can't even remember what when my first date was, you know? Like, the first time I dated someone, I think I was freshly 18 like I was freshly 18 and he was like years older than me like six years older than me um and like it is fine we're like Facebook friends it didn't really amount to anything but you know that is the first date I had for a while you know Because after that, I never really dated anyone. It was always just, like, hooking up. And, you know, that has a lot to do with desirability politics. If you follow me on Instagram, or if you have followed me on Instagram, then a couple of weeks ago, I did a massive rant on my stories talking about desirability politics and why I've almost exclusively hooked up with white people. And I'm not going to get into it here because that's a massive conversation that will just take up too much of my energy. But the reality was, you know, as someone that's like, fat, black, like, feminine, you know, I'm very antithetical to, like, beauty standards in the gay community, right? And because of that, a lot of people were more comfortable fucking me than dating me, if that makes sense. Like, they were just like, oh, like, I'm attracted to you. Like, we should hook up. But, like, do I want to be seen in public with you? Do I want my friends to know about you? It's just, like, this whole fucked up thing. And, you know, obviously, it's, you know, that was a them problem. It's not a me problem. Like, I don't want to get into it. But I'm just bringing it up just to contextualize what my dating experiences were like, you know. Like, I just didn't date. (laughs) And when I wanted to, I'd always get blown off, like, oh, that's not really what I'm looking for, whatever. So, like, there I was navigating a society that 
told everyone around me that I was like ugly and undesirable. And when I found people that did find me desirable, they were like, yeah, but you know, like I'm not gonna respect like your desires, you know, like your terms, you know, we're only going to engage romantically or sexually on my terms, you know? Um, so like that was just kind of my reality for a while and you know I just been on so many dates like so many dates my guy so many fucking dates um and you know it's probably not that many like compared to like you know, like, a white twink or something, you know. Like, the accumulation of all my dates, it's probably, like, a month for them. But, you know, I've been on so many dates. I've seen and met up with, like, so many people. It's probably a dozen, now that I think about it. But whatever. And, you know, it never really turned into anything, like... To this day, I've never had a partner, you know. I've never had a boyfriend, because that's what I was looking for, for, you know, the longest time. Like, I've never dated anyone. That isn't to say, however, that I don't have exes. Like, even though we never dated, even though we were never in a relationship, the amount of trauma these people put me through elevates them to X status automatically. Like, even though it was, like, a, a fucking, like, bullshit situationship, like, that bitch is an X because, you know, you don't get to give me all of this trauma without saving a special place at the table with a placard denoting you as an X. So, yeah, like, I've got a bunch of exes, never had a boyfriend, never had a partner, um, and, like, yeah, it was, like, that was just my reality from, like, 2016 to 2019, right? Like... That, you know, never really dated anyone, hooked up with a bunch of people, tried my best. I literally had all the apps. I had all the apps. You know, I even bought Tinder Gold once, or was it twice? I don't know. And, like, even then, like, I, like, I was shook when I found out that there were people that had like, over a hundred people that had swiped right on them. Like, what the fuck? Dude, the highest number I've ever had was, like, 40. And, you know, half of those guys were, like, dudes in their 50s and shit. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, dating... <laughs> dating was just a fucking disaster for me. You know? So, there you have part one. Just... A little bit of context, just a sprinkling, a cute little sprinkling of what letters here.
So let's then move on to part two. And part two takes place predominantly last year. So this is 2020 and part two is called Big Lessons and Hard Truths. So 2020 was a wild ride. We can all agree on this. 2020 was fucked. But I still managed to somehow go on quite a lot of dates. Obviously, COVID-safe dates. And honestly, there weren't really that many. But like I said, compared to how many dates I've been on before, quite a lot. And, you know, I've just... You know, in 2020, I went on so many great first dates that just never went anywhere, you know? Like, I was dating people that were like, oh, you're, you know, you're cool, but I'm not ready. Someone else was just like, oh, you know. Like, I had fun and then, like, semi-ghosted me. And then someone else had just, like, fully ghosted me. It is just, like, so fucking exhausting, my guy. Like, it was a lot. And, you know, it was a, like, a disaster for my dating life. But for everything else, you know, 2020 was really important. You know, it was a year of incredible personal growth. You know, I grew up a lot in 2020. Like, so much shit happened. You know, I matured a lot. I learned a lot. And, you know, I got to know myself a lot more intimately, you know. And I learned how to prioritize myself, particularly after, like, a really traumatic toxic relationship you know um like after that i was like okay we're we're done like we need we need to have a bit of like a debrief and reassess before we move forward um so 2020 was also a year where I became so, like, I was just so, in like, incredibly radicalized in such a short period of time, you know? Like, in the past seven months alone, I've just, you know, fully embraced anarchism Like, I've spent a lot, like, a lot of time reading leftist theory, specifically anarchist theory, you know, and, like, it's given me a lot of clarity, right? It, it, it didn't really change anything, it just made things a lot clearer, like, my values haven't changed at all. But now I have a more solid understanding of how to channel those values, if that makes sense. Like, 
Like, I knew that I hated racism and capitalism and fucking, like, institutions of oppression. But I didn't, you know, know what to do about it. Like, I knew I wanted them to disappear, but I didn't know how I wanted, you know, those systems and institutions to be dismantled. And, like, over the past seven months, like, I do like I've started to understand how to do that I've started to understand that there is a methodology behind a lot of activism you know I reached a point where I couldn't continue organizing I couldn't continue in my activism without having some sort of theoretical foundation, you know? Eventually, you're going to hit a wall where you're just like, oh, okay, well, how are you going to do this, you know? Like, sure, you're organizing, but what are your, you know, like, organizational principles, you know? What's your theory of change? So, I you know, started reading a lot of theory and still a baby, still don't know much, but now I've got a better idea of how to move forward. And, you know, this made me realize that I, (laughs) like, I don't want a partner unless they're committed to revolutionary politics, you know? Like, I just don't. Like, I already knew I wanted a partner that was anti-racist, anti-capitalist, but now, like, I know that I want a partner that, you know, strives for more, you know, that has politics that more closely align with mine. And... You know, they have to be willing to do everything in their power to, you know, dismantle these systems and structures of oppression. Like, my political evolution was, like, a huge part of my 2020. And by extension, it was a huge part of how I started to see relationships because, you know, when I was younger, I used to see dating as a way of finding a life partner. And then in my early 20s, I was just like, oh, like, don't really care about a life partner. Like, I'm just going to date around for fun, whatever. And then now I'm just like, do I really want to waste my time? (laughs) You know, do I want to waste my time on someone that, you know, still thinks fucking voting labor is going to change the world? Like, like get over yourself, (laughs) you know? So, you know, my political education was a huge part of shifting the way I perceived relationships and another huge thing that happened in 2020 in the context of 
dating and how I saw relationships that was more COVID related was the fact that, you know, I lost a lot of friends and it's not like they died or anything or that they got COVID. It's just like I drifted apart from so many people in 2020 and I understand that it was such a rough year for everyone, you know. It was, you know, it was tough, it sucked, no one had a good time, but I kind of realized how a lot of my friendships that I so, like, I was so heavily invested in, you know, they were reliant on me taking initiative and me making the first move, you know? Like, a lot of these relationships were always me checking up on them, like, me seeing if they wanted to, like, hang out on Zoom or once lockdown ended, like, meet up for a drink or a coffee or whatever. And, you know, during 2020, I was just, you know, I just asked myself, oh, like, what would happen if you weren't always the person initiating stuff? Because I was, you know, I was struggling a lot, so I was, um, I made a decision to not put pressure on myself to be the person that always makes plans and always reaches out and then one by one, I started losing touch with a lot of people that I thought I was, you know, really good friends with. People that I cared about deeply. And, you know, I just kind of got tired of doing the bulk of the maintenance for these relationships, you know. And I fully understand that it was a rough year. Like, it is a really hard year. And I wasn't expecting anyone to, like, come over and, like, watch Netflix with me or whatever. But a message would have been nice, you know? It would have been nice to hear from someone that... I had spent almost every day with for a while. You know, it would have been nice to hear from people that always told me they loved me, you know, like stuff like that. Like, it, it very, very easy to maintain relationships with me. Just like reply to my stories at least once a week <laughs> and we're good. Or if you're not on Instagram, just shoot me a message that doesn't even have to be words. Just, like, send me a meme or send me a TikTok, and then I'll react to it. And then, like, we're fucking good. Like, that's how friendships are maintained. But, like, apparently that was too much to ask for, you know? And, you know, it was just... After everything I'd learned, 
especially after getting out of a toxic relationship at the start of last year, you know, I decided that I deserve to be a priority, you know. Maybe I don't, but that's a choice I made, you know. I want to be a priority. I don't have to be a top priority. I don't even need to be in the top 10. But, you know, if you want me around, I'd really like if you acted like it, you know? Um, and once I decided that, you know, those are terms that, you know, yes, maybe the bar is in hell, but those are terms that I wanted my relationships to adhere to, I realized that a lot of my friendships kind of fell to the side a little bit. And that was, you know, really tricky and really hard to deal with. And, you know, in the past couple of weeks, when I've been processing all of this, I realized that a lot of the times I was you know, looking for a partner or looking for someone to date, it wasn't because I was looking explicitly for a partner or to date someone. It's just that, like, I was trying to find intimacy from anywhere, (laughs) you know? Like, I was trying to find intimacy and make up for it where I kind of lost it with a lot of my friends. And that was a really weird realization to come to. Um, But, yeah, I just, like, I learned all of this stuff and then I realized that, oh, I don't necessarily want a partner I don't necessarily want a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Like, I just want someone to be around, you know? Like, I am very much an introvert. I don't want someone to be around 24-7. I don't want someone to be around even in person. I just want someone to be around, you know? Like, someone that, you know, I can talk to and someone that I can make TikToks with. Like... Just the little things, you know? And... Yeah. And that is, you know... Something that I hadn't realized I'd been trying to make peace with until my thoughts were able to articulate it. So... You know... With a lot of my friendships kind of falling apart... And my dating life not really working out. I was, you know, pushed to kind of take a step back and reassess the entire situation, you know. And after everything that happened in 2020, as I looked back on all the people that I had dated, then I realized that I was settling, you know. Um... And just starting back to, like, desirability politics, it is just really hard to find someone that was even interested in the first place, you know? Someone that, you know, was like, oh, you know, you don't disgust me, let's get a drink. And, 
you know, I would just be like, yeah, that's good enough for me, I guess. You know, like, like I would entertain every single person that even showed a little bit of interest. And boy, was it embarrassing to realize how low my standards were, you know? And it's, it is really weird because, um, like, I've always had such high standards for my friends and for other people that I have in my life. But, you know, when it came to dating, I was just like, I don't know, I kind of saw it as, like, a cheap form of intimacy, if that makes sense. Because it's society, like, it's societally acceptable for you to spend a lot of time or all your time with a partner but not so much with a friend. And like, for me, like, I care a lot about my friends. Don't necessarily, you know, have the same standards for people I'm dating. I don't know why. Actually, I do. It's because, like, the people that want to date me are, like, so trash. The quality doesn't exist. Whereas, like, so many people want to be my friends. And a lot of those people are kind of racist, in my opinion. Actually, no, I'm getting off track. Back to the dating thing. So, you know, in conclusion, what have I learned? I've learned that, you know, dating was hard because not a lot of people wanted to date me. And the ones that did were just garbage. I put a lot of effort into dating people because over the years I started to, you know, lose a lot of friends that I thought were, you know, important to me, who are still important to me, but like I thought I was important to them and then it turns out that that may not have been the case. And, you know, that I was just settling when it came to dating. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Does it matter? No, this is my podcast. You signed up for this. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, like, all of that happened. And the last massive thing that happened in 2020 was... I was... <laughs> Like, I was medicated. Like, I was being treated for ADHD. And once I managed my ADHD, I was able to manage my depression better. And, like, all my other health issues became easier to manage. And all of a sudden, I wasn't suicidal anymore. (laughs) Which is wild. But, like, I wasn't constantly struggling with my brain to not try to kill me. You know, I suddenly found myself making plans for when I was 28, which I'd never done because I never thought I'd make it to 23, you know, and like, I'm going to be there in two months, which is fucking wild. But yeah, I, you know, I was in a place where I was able to see more for myself and that's really important to note because yes I was settling before but I was only settling because I wanted to experience everything I could before I died 
you know. Like, it wasn't an issue of low self-esteem or low self-worth. Like, I genuinely thought I wouldn't make it to 23. So, I wanted to get as much as everything I could possibly get beforehand, you know. I was just like, look, I may never be able to find the love of my life. But I want to at least fall in love once, you know? Like, I may never be able to find someone that really gets me. But, like, at least I want to be able to find someone that wants to spend, like, a couple of days of the week with me. You know? Shit like that. And that was such a great realization for me to have. Because for the longest time, I was struggling because I knew that I was settling. And I knew I was settling because I didn't see myself living for much longer. But then, now that I was in a place where I saw myself getting old, you know, like, that's never happened. That's never happened, (laughs) which is, like, wild to say, but I never saw myself getting old. Like, I didn't even see myself turning 30. Like, fucking 30? That seemed so wild to me a year ago. Like, a year ago, like, I was just fucking stressed about turning 22. Because I was like, if I turn 22, like, what if that's it? What if this is, you know, the oldest I'll ever be? But then, like, now I'm, like, out here vibing planning on, like, traveling when I'm 28 and doing this whole thing and making other plans. And I'm just like, holy shit. Oh my god, I don't have to settle anymore, you know? Like, I'm not in a rush anymore. Like, I'm not in a rush to experience things because I feel like my life has an expiration date on it. And obviously everyone's life has an expiration date on it, but, like... Mine was so tangibly close. And, you know, I just want to stress that it wasn't like some abstract paranoia that I had, right? Like, like every year for the past four or five years, I've ended up in the hospital because it was suicide attempt. Like, that's just the reality, you know? And my reality for the longest time was that, look, I don't know if I'm going to survive the next time I'm in hospital. So I'm just going to take what I can get, you know? Like, I didn't want to be a fucking boring-ass bitch that died without experiencing shit. So I was just like, look, just go and get... You know, gather as many of these experiences as you can, even if these experiences are shit. But now, after the past year, girl, I am having none of that. None whatsoever, my guy. I'm just like out here, I'm vibing, honestly. I'm taking it easy. I know that I don't have to be scared anymore, because... I'm gonna reach fucking 30, dude. Maybe I'll even reach 40. Oh my god. If I reach 40, girl, it's over for you bitches. Anyway, 
back to what this episode is about, like, ever since I made that realization, or, like, all the realizations I've had in 2020, you know, I've realized that, you know, I have very specific um, qualities I want in a partner. I have very specific terms that need to be met for me to let people into my life, you know, i.e. making me a priority. And I don't have as low of a life expectancy as I thought I did. Oh my God. Life-changing. Life-changing. Which brings me to part three. You know, where to now? Where do we go from here? I'm going to tell you, nowhere but up, baby. Nowhere but up. This is why I've, like, purposefully, intentionally made the decision to stop dating in 2021. You know? Because I'm not in a rush anymore. Like, I don't need to date... Like, I don't need to fall in love anymore. You know? Like, if it happens, then, like, sick. But, you know... I'm not desperately looking for, like, any cheap knockoff version of it. You know? Like, you know, I fell in love with someone when I was 21... Disgusting. (laughs) Would not like a repeat of that. But if it manifests a bit later in a way that's like healthier, less toxic, less manipulative, (laughs) more like organic, then like fucking sign me up, my guy. But until then, I'ma just vibe. I'ma just chill, you know? What? What time is it now? It is 8.25 p.m. Almost an hour ago, I deleted every single one of my dating profiles. So, like, I didn't even delete just the app. I deleted my profile, so all my data is gone. You know, because I've never met, (laughs) you know, a good quality person on a dating app. You know, if anything, the data shows people from dating apps are more likely to traumatize me than not. So, you know, 2021, my New Year's resolution was literally to stop dating. And it's been great, you know. Like, so much cool shit has happened now that I've you know, made this decision. And, like, it's not just, you know, deleting dating apps. Like, I've completely reconfigured the way I use social media. You know, like, I had on Instagram a habit of following really hot people, you know? And these are people that are, like, conventional, like, that that are conventionally attractive in, like, Eurocentric, you know, beauty standards and stuff. So, like, obviously, I was internalizing really, like, shitty messaging the entire time. And, 
You know, over the past couple of days, I've just been unfollowing all of those accounts. You know, I've been, like, unsaving all of, like, the, like, posts of, like, you know, guys I want to look like. Because, you know, my entire explore page was showing me, you know, like, guys with abs and stuff. Because... You know, subconsciously, I wanted to look like that because those were the kind of guys that, you know, had more people interested in them and were able to, like, get partners and boyfriends or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, why had I been doing this for the past couple of years when, for the past couple of years, I've done so well to develop, like, a robust relationship with myself, you know? Like, all the self-love bullshit I do on social media, it's, like, completely authentic. Like, I'm so, like, borderline obsessed with myself. I think I'm so hot. I think I'm so great. But, like, this entire time, I was also participating in, you know, behaviors and compulsions that were just undermining all the progress I was making. So, like, you know... I just got rid of all of that. And now my explore page is fan cams of K-pop. And you know what? I love that for me. Genuinely love this for me. Um, and like the, like one of the biggest things that, you know, this realization has brought on is that I've been trying so hard to give bits of myself away to other people to enjoy that I haven't really taken the time to, like, enjoy them for myself, you know? Like, I... It's so wild. But I've... Like, like, I've been working on self-love for a while. I feel like I've, you know, I've loved myself for the past, you know, year. Like, I can, like, confidently say that I've loved myself for the past year. You know? But, like, over the past couple of months, I feel like I've fallen in love with myself. You know? Like, I've been like, holy shit. Like, you're such a cool guy, you know? I like spending time with you. And, you know, like, I I genuinely do. Like, I love spending time with myself. Like, I love hanging out with myself. And I've realized that, you know, being an introvert is something that I can, you know, embrace. And it's something I should lean into instead of, like, trying to deprogram so like a couple of weeks ago i was on my way to the beach and i get a message from a friend asking hey is it too late to you know ask if you want to go to the beach with me and then i was just like well i'm already on my way there but like i didn't 
like I didn't get back to them. I I didn't like say, oh, I'm on my way there because I felt like I would like if I did that, I'd be canceling plans that I'd made with someone else, you know. And those were plans I made with myself, you know. Like I said, look, you know, the past couple of days have been rough. I'll take you to the beach so we can feel better. <laughs> and like that's what I did. And I've been doing a lot of that lately. I've been hanging out with myself more. I've been, you know, enjoying my company. And after doing this for a couple of months, I've realized, you know, why would I want to hang out with someone that doesn't love me and respect me and want to be around me as much as I do with myself, you know? And that's so gross and sappy, but, you know, like, it's true. I've, like, I've, I've reached the place where I'm able to fully appreciate who I am as a person, how great I am, like, all the things I bring to the table, not just, like, as a partner or a friend, but just as, you know, a human being. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, that's so cool, you know? And then, now, all I have to do is vibe. I'm just vibing, just chilling with myself, having a great time, like making myself good food, taking myself to fun places, you know, like this shit slaps, you know, like some crusty 23 year old guy could never. Is that a roast of my ex? Absolutely. Could never. Like, bitch, are you kidding? The shit I go through for this bitch right here. I check the weather app for him now. I check the weather app so I know if lighting's gonna be good. So we can take some cute photos for the gram. Bitch. If you're not gonna do that for me, why am I wasting my time with you? So yeah, in conclusion, I have decided not to date anymore. I'm not, you know, completely ruling it out of my life forever, but like, if I never date again, I think I'm like, like I'm okay with that, you know? Like I'm okay with, you know, being alone romantically. You know, and even like friendship wise, bitch. Like, <laughs> that's my best friend. You know, like I love hanging out with myself. Like, I love doing shit with myself. Ew, that sounded sexual. I mean, I do, but that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> you know, the past year has told me that, you know, Like, it's not just about me deserving to be a priority or that me 
like wanting intimacy is rooted in all this other stuff but it's that you know I want to and I enjoy giving this stuff to myself like I enjoy hanging out with myself you know I enjoy spending time alone and you know I highly recommend it I think I think it's really valuable to take some time to only focus on yourself because your, your relationship with yourself is the longest one you'll ever have. And mine fucking slaps my guy. So I recommend you make sure that yours fucking slaps because it's what you deserve. Unless you're like a fucking Nazi or something. Like, if that's the case, then, like, you deserve all this self-hatred coming your way. Anyway, I'm getting off track. In conclusion, I don't know how many times I've tried to wrap up. Like, but in conclusion, like, bad bitch energy, embrace that shit, and then, like, work on falling in love with yourself. Like, loving yourself is great, but, like, once you're, like, in love with yourself, you're just like, oh, my God, I want the best for this bitch. Like, I want him to thrive. I want him to have the time of his life. And, like, you know, take yourself out on a date, you know? Hang out with yourself, you know? And, like, hang out with yourself is different than just, like, going and doing something, you know? Like, just going to get food isn't the same as, like, you know, hanging out with yourself and, like, like eating something because you're just sitting there making sure you're not hungry anymore when you could be sitting there enjoying bomb-ass food. And, you know, the Twice songs that are on repeat in your head. I don't know. Anyway, this is this has gone on long enough. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, it got a little heavy in some bits, but honestly, love that for me. If you enjoyed this podcast or this episode, please give me like a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would be great. I would appreciate that so much. I would also appreciate if you subscribe to this podcast or followed it on Spotify or do whatever it takes on whatever platform you're on to keep up to date with me. If you, you know, want to be as in love with me as I am, um, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Lungal Makina, at L-U-N-G-O-L-W-E-K-I-N-A, on all social medias. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I'm all on there, baby. If you want to see any of the work I do, it's all on my website, longwall.com, lungol.com. Once again, so sorry you didn't get an episode last week, but hopefully this week's episode makes up for it. Hope y'all are doing great. Um, I don't know, tweet me some memes. Tweet me some memes. Anyway, have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. Bye! Lakina for Your Thoughts is a podcast by Lungal Production. This episode was produced, edited, filmed, and hosted by me, 
Lamar Wakina, and was scored by Richard Wakina. Special thanks to Richard Wakina for our incredible theme music. This podcast was filmed, recorded, and produced on the lands of the Vigil people of the Eora Nation. Podcast by Lamar acknowledges that Wakina for Your Thoughts was made on what always was and always will be Aboriginal land.